The Ready, Set, Grow podcast is sponsored by Ag Expert, software designed for Canadian agriculture. Visit them today at agexpert.ca. Hello, welcome to the Ready, Set, Grow podcast. Uh, today we're here with Joe Dales, uh, founder of RH Accelerator, and Shay Martin, the CEO and founder of Brew Ninja. Uh, Shay, would you be able to tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Sure. I mean, my background is in software. I've worked in everything from oil field to video games to uh, national defense contracting. So I've kind of been all over the map, but I've always had an interest in in, uh, beer and brewing, although I've never done it as a professional. Worked in the industry and um, essentially Saskatchewan was a little bit behind uh, other areas as far as the craft boom take craft beer boom taking off and and when it did kind of coincided right with when I had moved uh, to the province and uh, I saw I went into some of the breweries started befriending some of the brewers and I noticed some of the the pain points they were having and I realized that it was similar to problems I had solved in other industries Um, so I essentially started building out a prototype and uh, convinced a brewery or two to work as beta customers and and the rest is kind of history I guess yeah I uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Shay um, you were based in the uh, the cultivator uh, incubator at the University of Regina probably last summer right about now because I think I was out for the Ag in Motion show and um, yeah I was intrigued by uh, what he was doing and he was getting some nice traction with customers and and uh, you also told me you had a farming background, so um, I'm always I'm always happy to hear about farm kids. So can you tell me about the, you know, your farming family and and yep. uh, up, upbringing? So I, I grew up on a farm just about 30 minutes outside of Regina. I was a mixed farm, cattle and grain. Um, kind of watched the as I, the era I grew up in farming was. Uh, probably one of the worst area eras for farming uh in the last hundred years and so i just when i was done high school i thought i don't really want anything to do with the struggles that i saw my parents go through they were both uh professionals working off the farm to support it and um you know the rest of my my all my family on both sides are involved in agriculture and i guess i always had a soft spot it and I, I remember my parents telling me who had you know both gone to university and were professionals that you know it's a network that will connect you for life and uh, you know from university uh, I was always meeting kids that I'd met through 4-H or or other agricultural experiences and um, and then like it didn't matter where I went in Canada that was kind of a, a common theme you know it's it's kind of like when you play a sport and you meet somebody you and they play the same sport you've instantly got something to talk about and and the farm has been something like that and then um you know i was out of the province for 15 years and and coming back it was kind of neat to reconnect with it and um yeah it's kind it it feels good to be involved in some way now after being away for so long but yeah great great story i i'm really impressed with uh you know, you guys have gotten traction, you've got a product in the marketplace. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, the funding? Because usually for startups, the first getting your MVP and getting your first product out, you know, that's, that's, that's Death Valley. And you've done that. So, 
and then just uh, talk a little bit about your future plans. What do you What do you need? What do you want to accomplish as far as your uh, your future funding? Yeah. So we. I mean, it started out with just me, and then as I realized that there was there was some something really here, uh, I started looking around for other ways to to leverage grants and funding, and um, essentially have bootstrapped up until this point by by leveraging funding, leveraging our own sales dollars. Um, about a year and a half ago. Uh, we wanted to expand the team a bit. So we did a small friends and fam family round. Um, and so that got us through another year. Um, we've leveraged IRAP, uh, provincial trade and export program. So like when you're bootstrapping, it's just about a full-time job looking to leverage all these funds available. Right. And um, mm -hmm. they're there to help, you know, they're there to help start businesses like this. So you got to make sure you take advantage of, of them. And uh, so, and now we're at a point where we're in a growth phase. Um, you know, we have a product and, you know, I think when you have a software product, it's never done. You've always got, if you, if you run out of ideas to make it better, you're probably in the wrong business. Right. So, um, but that's not the most important thing right now. The most important thing is, is for us to, to grow as fast as we can. And, and uh, in order to do that and still offer customers a good experience, we need to to uh, take on, you know, angel and VC funding. So we were just in the middle of that. Um, we're having some really good success uh, when when our friend COVID came to visit. And uh, that put things on hold a bit. And, and to be honest, it, it was kind of good because it pulled back expectations. Let's reset. Let's make sure we got everything in order. And we had enough runway that we were able to do that. And so just now as, you know, I knock on wood, but as things start to normalize a little bit, at least here in Canada, uh, and especially in Western Canada, um, we're, we're back into, just getting back into fundraising mode again. And, and, you know, I would say what we're seeing from investors is they're kind of sensing the same thing. They're like, okay, well, the, the freeze is over. Let's start to get things back to normal. So we're starting to get some traction in that area again. Right. That's good. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about your uh, customers and just some success stories uh, there, Shay? Yeah, I, I, you know, one of the the stories that we often tell in a in a sales pitch is that I'm really proud of is we had a one of our first breweries got audited and. The CRA loves to audit breweries. I don't know why it is, but I think they're convinced the world is funneling money through breweries. But anyway, so they got audited and uh, they were, you know, they were able to come up with all the answers, but it was, it took some digging and it was obvious to the CRA they were digging and not digging as in making up numbers, but they had to dig to find the answers, right? And so we had a lot of their data in the system, so we helped them make that data more readily accessible. It also highlighted some of the things uh, that we should be tracking to make these things easier for breweries. And then, so one of the big success stories I'm proud of is, you know, we've had a couple more breweries uh, be audited. And, oh, I should mention that first brewery. Uh, the result of that was they came up with the answers, but CRA essentially said, for the next year, continue to give us these reports every month. So the subsequent breweries we had, you know, we had the software was a little more geared for that. Um, CRA came knocking, asked for some answers, and they were able to, you know, within hours, send them back these reports. For, and CRA's response was, okay, we'll see you later. 
you know, they just went away. And I mean, that's a lot of time and pain and stress, anxiety, et cetera, that we saved those breweries. So I'm, I am really proud of that. And, uh, you know, I, uh, another success story that I, you know, we, we, we were built as an inventory platform and then a compliance platform. But one of the things that really affects inventory is your sales. So we, and we realized that sales and CRM tools are a way more are overkill for what a brewery is doing. They're selling to the same customers over and over generally. Right. So mm-hmm. we built out a small component that satisfies that needs and it, directly affects inventory and and stuff like that so it tied in really nicely um one of our more successful breweries uh decided they were going to expand and they were going to hire a third-party sales force so when they did that the third-party sales force as part of their pitch said this is the crm we use um this is how we use it just kind of pitching them and and the brewery said you know we've been using this this brew ninja crm it's tied directly to inventory um, maybe isn't quite as fancy, but it does everything we need. And so this third-party sales team was kind of skeptical, but they agreed to give it a try. And, you know, we've never heard any, they, they never said a peep after. They've just, it's been a year now and they've continued to use it and reached out once or twice. And they're just, they're really happy that they can see inventory right there. They're not selling beer that's out of stock. And, and uh, so, yeah, that's another, another win, I guess. Um, can you just uh, just take us through just a quick uh, sort of rundown of exactly what the beer, Brew Ninja sort of system is and uh, what you've created? Yeah, so we started out as a inventory management system, and we quickly, you know, beer is making beer is essentially a manufacturing process. So that means that pretty much everything affects inventory, and we realized that we weren't going to be able to stay an inventory solution uh, w- without a lot of pain, and so we started doing uh, some production planning where you can plan out what you're, what you're going to brew when you're going to brew it and uh, then have it automatically affect inventory when that happens. Um, We started adding all the regulatory tracking because of the audits. Um, And then now recently CRA has just mandated that breweries have to be a beer has to be treated like food. So there has to be a full traceability um, and HACCP plan in place. And so Bruninja gives them that. Um, I just alluded to the fact that we ended up building out a sales module because of, and a fulfillment module, of course, because that directly affects your inventory. And, and then uh, taxation for breweries isn't as straightforward as, as in some other industries. So, but when you have all the data, it's not that hard to produce those reports. So we started producing those reports. So, essentially we kind of became an all-in-one platform for a brewery. Awesome. Uh, like what were the breweries using before? Just a like piecemeal approach? So there is some competition in the place, but you're right. The The biggest player in this space is, uh, is low tech still, although we're really seeing that change recently. Um, we find a lot of breweries, especially in Canada, are using QuickBooks, um, but they're, you know, essentially doing the, a big reconcile at the end of every month. So our platform um, knows what you're doing and is a, making journal entries and keeping your QuickBooks up to date on the fly. Um, but yeah, they were using a lot of spreadsheets and uh, even worse whiteboards. I've We've gone into breweries where the sales team, whenever they made a sale was texting somebody back at the brewery, Hey, this needs to get delivered to this place on this day. Right. And mm-hmm. those get lost pretty easy and you lose them more than once and you probably lost that customer. Right. And yeah. I, you know, going back to the wins, I, I think one of the 
real eye-openers for me was uh, we sent out a survey to some of our early customers saying, what's your favorite feature of Brune Engine? It was almost unanimous. They didn't name a feature. They said, you've solved our communication problems, right? Sales staff, accounting, management, production, they all have one platform to go to and can see what's happening in their brewery. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Shay, um, you know, you're a tech founder. Uh, you're the software guy. Um, tell me about some of the challenges you've overcome, uh, you know, in the startup, because we know startups are hard. And, uh, and then I'd like you to just elaborate a little bit on the, just the, the whole Regina entrepreneurial startup uh, ecosystem. So what challenges first, uh, um, and I know you're still overcoming them, so. Yeah, 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 from our conversations. So, I, I mean, I've heard non-technical founders say, oh, it's so much easier if you're a technical co-founder because you can jump into the technical side. And I think it's it's six of one, half dozen of the other because I think one of the, the first thing you have to get over as a technical uh, founder is the mentality of if you build it, they will come because it's not true. And uh, and then the next thing is, well, when when we're done building it, we'll start selling it another bad mistake, you know, like I could just go through my mistakes and write a book on, uh, on what to do. Right. But, yeah. uh, starts, you know, I think, I mean, I knew right away that I, I had that imbalance, but it, it did take me about a year to find the right person to be that balance. And I really think it's, it's extremely hard to be successful without having one of each. And having that person that can start selling and believes in selling before the product's even ready. And, and uh, so I would think that's, that's the biggest thing to overcome as a technical founder. Mm-hmm. Um, and having, the, having the business, having the business side covered off. Yeah. And sales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I, you know, I would, you know, cause we're part of the cult of uh, We're part of an incubator. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I'm probably one of the older ones in it, right? And mm-hmm. I see young people and I would say even the young non-technical founders, I think still underestimate how important sales is. Yeah. And um, you need to hear it and you need to, you also need to live it. Cause I mean, I, I, you know, you Joe and I've had other mentors um, say that to me, but it, it takes a while to sink in, I guess, depending on how technical you are, but it took a while for me to sink in. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. so that was the, the biggest thing. Uh, don't run out of cash. Yeah. Don't run out of cash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think building, uh, one of my mentors uh, made me build out a financial model when I started and I thought, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have one beta customer. Why am I doing this? But it was just such an eye opener and mm-hmm. uh, it's just, it also gets rid of a lot of anxiety knowing that you've built it out and you're not guessing we're going to need approximately this. Um, It's just such a great exercise. I also, that same mentor made me, he had the template for an expanded business plan. I think it was called a company storybook or something. And Mm -hmm. by the time I filled out that template, it was probably 20 pages long. Mm -hmm. And you know, I said to him, okay, do I just give this storybook to investors? What do I do? Mm-hmm. And he said, Oh, you don't do anything with it. You can reference it from time to time. And I thought, well, why did I do all that? And then I thought, look at all the things this made me think about. And, uh, you know, when it was time to do up a, a business plan to give to investors, a pitch deck, I had something to reference. I was just pulling stuff. And, uh, 
Yeah, I think the key is just not to go in thinking you're going to figure this stuff out as as you go. Like, you, of course, you're going to learn and figure stuff out as you go, but you need to take a stab at it early because it's also a reference point to see how much you've learned and how much you've changed. So, yeah. Yeah, we, we recommend, uh, um, you know, having a 12, 18 month cash flow and, you know, just monitoring that even even weekly. Uh, monthly for sure so that uh, you know if you're ahead or behind and yeah. if you're ahead you can ramp up a little bit quicker but uh, you know sometimes you have to go through the cash flow crunch to really realize how important that tool is and yeah. um, you know until you've done that and uh, you know conserve cash and just be careful with uh, with uh, and pulling sales forward and spiking them as hard as you can right so no, I'm really proud of you, Shay. Uh, I've watched you grow for the last year, and uh, I know you're going to be, you know, wildly successful. I know you're going to be successful on your next round of, of financing, and um, you know, I, 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 I love the story. So, thank you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us, and, and as I say, we're going to be watching you, watching you closely. <laughs> All right, uh, thank you. How can our listeners uh, find you online, Shay? Uh, so our website is, uh, broodinja.net, um, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram are all brew ninja app, uh, just B R E W N I N J A A P P. Okay. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, we just wanted to thank you for having, uh, for being on the show today. And, uh, it was awesome to learn more about brew ninja and just a little bit about uh, your background, especially starting being a startup in uh, Regina and uh, yeah, thanks. And I uh, just thank everyone uh, for listening to the uh, ready, set, grow podcast and uh, hopefully uh, have you back next episode. Thank you.